everybody. Welcome in. It's The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Azoway alongside Brendan Sennett. Clarence Black out on assignment today. Hope everyone's having a happy holiday. Uh, winter hits this weekend officially, the 21st. Good times. We will have winter. That's Monday, and uh, it's winter out there right now, but not as bad as it is in New York. I talked to my parents on my way in. They got eight inches so far in Jersey, so I think Boston's even worse. Yeah, I got to text my that. family. It's been been all too quiet. We got a little bit last night, a little ice and snow here in Michigan, but uh, not as bad as uh, it could be. And we want to thank everybody at the at Warren RV Storage. Of course, they're on 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren, 586-977-2770. Huge place, 110 spots at least for your RV, 24-hour security camera surveillance, LED-lit parking area, the fences are gated property, assigned keypad code for each of you, and the gates are operational 24-7. 12 feet wide parking spaces, 30-foot-long wild aisles, and that's Roger Z and the good people at Warren RV. So get those RVs out of your driveway and bring them to Warren RV. And last show we talked to uh, Terry Foster. It was good having T. Foss back on. He was bitching and whining about Chris Spielman getting hired for the Lions. I wanted to save pistons and stuff for Rod Beard from the Detroit News that we haven't had on in a while. And uh, a brother Rod on the phone, on the uh, video with us here. Rod, what's uh, what's up, my man? Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. How's the holiday season going? So far, so good. A little bit of snow for the pictures and everything else, but uh, we'll, we'll try to stay healthy for these next couple of weeks. I think he missed me. You know, Rod carried me through those couple shows I yeah. did when you guys were out, right? That, that's get, it, right, Rob? Not even. Not even. Brendan did such a good job. I'm just a, 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 a stowaway on this ship. The, ch- the check's in the mail, buddy. Hey, The check's in the mail. We love having it. you on. Hey, Pistons are getting ready, man. Last two preseason games, home and home. Actually, it's two home games for Washington. It's the Wizards and Pistons uh, today and Saturday, and then they wrap up the preseason. Yeah, I think I like these kind of clustered schedules where you play the almost baseball series, a couple of games here, a couple of games there. Obviously, it cuts down on the travel that yeah. teams are going to have to have, but um, from what we saw in those first two home games, there's there's some good takeaways from that, especially from those young rookies. Well, I want to tell you what I read here. and uh, You know, you read the ESPN, you read the Woj, you read everything that you can. And they rate. Rod Beard. They rate. Well, of course, Rod Beard every day. <laughs> they rate the NBA off seasons, and someone had the pisses as you know one of the worst teams had an off season. I know we did a lot of shuffling. Our new GM did a lot of shuffling, but do you think it was that bad? No, 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 no. I, I think this is more geared toward the long term future, and certainly when you end up with three first round picks, you're punting for the future. You're not trying to win this year. And getting rid of the pieces that the names that everybody knew, the Luke Kennards, the Bruce Browns, uh, the Christian Woods, moving on from that to to try to get younger guys in here and to have a culture. I think that's the direction that they're going. And so it, it, it sets you up and people were complaining about there's no plan with the Pistons. There very clearly is a plan right now. How did it feel to be at the uh, stadium the other night at the arena? It, it was weird. It was <laughs> I tweeted out the the last game that I was at, and that was the one in Philly where there was a crowd. And um, when I took that picture that night, and it was I'm taking this picture of a crowd because this might be the last time that we see this for a long time. That was the tweet that I made on March 11th in Philly. You're right, crazy and, called it. And getting back to an arena was just very very weird. Just no fans. Um, Could you hear a pin drop? 
you could hear the benches. I mean, you you could see a lot of the stuff that was going on, but hear it as well. And that's just a weird combination of of stuff where it's sort of, wait, they're running this play? This is what they're doing? Okay. And you can, some of the calls from the guys on on the end of the bench, the heckling that they're trying to do, you can hear a lot of that stuff. Um, The players on the court when they're kind of trying to get a foul call, the stuff they're saying to the refs, you can hear that too. So it's a different experience when there aren't any fans and you don't have that crowd noise there too. Rod Beer joins us, Detroit News, uh, writes, of course, for the Pistons and all the other stuff, follows the Lions. We'll talk about that to him with him. But I wanted to ask you about the arena itself, Little Caesars. How many media members were there? And I didn't get to watch the game. Was Mason there doing his spiel and everything? Mason was there doing the the <laughs> opening introductions. Um, the Pistons dancers were there. That was the weirdest part. It's like... What are you, who are you yeah. trying to get riled up? The media? The, the players? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, why are you here? Um, but the Automotion. Members, uh, it it might have oh. been 20. might have been 20 media members that were there. Um, but, I mean, spaced apart, just – it was very, very – you didn't even want to go and, hey, kind of talk to the people behind you or next to you because you want to stay spaced out and you want to try to yeah. keep it all that stuff to a minimum too. So was it like a regular game day experience with the PR guys there and handing out, you know, the uh, the stats and all, you know all the rest of it, the pregame festivities? Did, did they have a None did they have a meal? No, no, there's no meal. You got to bring your own food, uh, and you can't even have water because you have to take your your mask down in order to drink it. So it's no food, no nothing. The PR people are there, but everything gets emailed. There's no paper that changes hands wow. or anything at all. It's like. It's it's a very weird experience. At least at the Lions games right now, you're in a suite, so you yeah. kind of they, they box a meal for you so you can have something that's there. Yeah. This is just very. It's just I, I can't even think of a better word for it. It's just surreal. How how do you think the season's going to go going forward? This is the preseason. Now will the season be the same thing? Yeah, un- until there's something different, I, uh, until there's a vaccine or something that is a lot more widely available. Uh, it's going to be the same way where, at least for me, I'm going to home games. I'm not going on the road at okay. all. I was going to ask you that. Um, Good. So it'll just be uh, home games and then looking at the NBA League Pass to see what I can find. There it is. So before we switch gears into into football, I, I have to ask you this. Um, Who said we're switching gears yet? Oh, sorry. That's sorry, okay. boss. <laughs> I, I called an I called. I got- I called an audible. I know. I, I got other stuff right, here. You know, I mean, as <laughs> usual, ahead. you're moving like step and fetch him. Go ahead. Do your, do your spiel. Anyways, uh, has someone asked Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey about the world's biggest idiot, LeVar Ball's comments after this whole thing? <laughs> I got to know. No, and I, I kind of intentionally ignored that stuff, too, because it's it's – that's part of the reason that you don't want to have the LaMelo ball and, and the Pistons injured up with the Angelo ball. So you still got the residual of it. But it's sort of – that's a sideshow. It's not really the basketball part of it. Uh-huh. Right. And it's it's almost as if, if, if Killian Hayes' dad had said it, I'd care a little bit more. But it's ball who's just – I mean, he's I'm trying right. to get that attention. And so if you, you can't cater to that level of attention getting – so it's just sort of, yeah, he said it, so what? If you want the clicks, take the clicks. But I'm just not – I don't want to go down that road. Respect. I like it. I thought the best thing ever about, about Ball was when he, when he said he could beat Michael Jordan at one-on-one. And then, and then at Jordan's camp, a kid raised his hand and said, Michael, will you, can you respond to what you think of, of LeVar Ball? And, and Michael's response to the, to the camp attendee was, um, even if I was one-legged, 
he couldn't beat me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, for, for, for people like that who are, who are just grasping for attention, Please. the worst thing you can do is give them that attention and that press that they want. And so I, it's it, it struck kind of a nerve with me, and I just said, you know what, I'm not doing anything with Good it. Good call. It'll, it'll be whatever. Good call. Hey, how was the uh, three draft picks? How do they look first couple of games that you've seen? Well, the, the thing about those guys was they got uh, quite a bit of playing time. Isaiah Stewart um, got ejected because he got a little frisky with um, Nerlens Noel and some of the other guys. They said he threw a punch, but you couldn't really see it clearly. Um, Sadiq Bey, uh, a nice little scorer, and, and you can see where he fits. And, and Killian Hayes didn't have a good first game with seven turnovers, but the second game, just one turnover. But I think he had like six points, five assists, four rebounds, something like that. So you can see where the stat lines and the comfort level is going to come in at some point. What did you think of uh, when the Knicks obviously played? It was a double game against the Knicks, and their number one, their number one pick, who I wanted here uh, for Detroit. Yeah, Obi Toppin is going yeah. to be good. You can just yeah. see that from a size standpoint, a, a big like what is he six nine, six ten, somewhere in that range. Um, but he's got the size and the skill set to make it. The Knicks are just going to figure out some way to mess that up, though. He's just <laughs> there isn't going to work for him. Somehow, some, some way, it's going to get screwed up. You just you don't got to tell me that. I know that. I still live in the spirit of 1972, man. What are you kidding? Here comes Willis Reed. Yeah, that was 70. This is 72. I mean, don't don't even get me going with the Knicks. I, I want to ask you. I want to talk to you about a good thing that happened in the NBA, and you know where I'm going. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo staying with Milwaukee. And the reason I bring that up, because you know how I feel about LeBron and the way he plays his games in the NBA and brings his traveling show wherever he goes, and I despise that. And this guy is staying behind in Milwaukee, a virtual, you know, a desert. I mean, they won in 1971, I think it was, or 70, 71, when uh, they had Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robertson. That was the last time they were any good, the Bucks, And he's staying there, and hopefully they're going to build the team there for him. Yeah, and, and from a league standpoint, you love to see that the small market or a medium-sized market um, gets to keep a player like that because so many other ones just lose them. And, and you want to see some balance in that. The, the league is better when the Lakers are good, the Knicks are good, the Celtics are good, the, those big kind of market teams. But you want other ones, too. You want your Milwaukee's. You want your Pistons every once in a while. Phoenix, you, you like for them to be good. Um, they are. San Antonio, even. Yeah, so you have that balance, and, so, and the talent is going to move around a bit, but you don't like these clusters when it starts to be that it's the Lakers all the time and wherever LeBron goes, and there's no real competition. And it's it feels that way a little bit with LeBron and Anthony Davis, so you want to see some of that spread back out over the next couple of years, probably when LeBron decides he wants to leave. But the Lakers have those two guys long-term, so it doesn't really matter anymore. As long as they can field a team around them, they will be contenders. So, Rod, I have to know. I have to know this. I, I should. So, what when you with your with your basketball fandom? What what year were you born? Seventy three. Seventy three. Okay, so you're three years older than me. So you you grew up. I mean, there was no bigger NBA fan than me. Circa nineteen eighty two through ninety nine two thousand. I absolutely. It was the most must watch TV ever. Right in that in that mm-hmm. era of basketball, and and it's just amazing how. That league was so, I don't know, maybe cutthroat's too strong of a word, but that league was just the best. Yeah. The, 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 no, my, I mean, my... you you just dissed the 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 Bucks. I mean, those those Sidney Moncrief, Paul Pressey yeah, uh, they, they, teams they, they, were good. They did make a good run. You know, at one point. I mean, 
that that at the you know, I mean that and, and, and what's funny is, is you know Rod makes the point about the Lakers they they made it to seven out of ten finals in the eighties yeah. and yet there was so much competition they yeah. were just so much better than everybody else. No, but my team was the the Sixers, the Dr. J, Andrew, Tony, Mo Cheeks, Moses Malone. Those Sixers, that was my team. That just I didn't care about the Celtics. Hated the Celtics even before the Pistons got to that point. Had already held hated Sorry. the Celtics because of the Sixers rivalry. Remember when so, Bird and I Dr. Mean, J fought? Oh, I was livid that day. Uh, that's when that was actually a fight. When you actually <laughs> had fights, they all hated each other. They hated each other. I loved it. And I, you know, I'm no, a Dr. J guy. I was a freaking, I was a Nets man. He was man. great. But yeah, freaking I mean, Nets, and you know, they're coming into the NBA in 1976. They're gonna play the Lakers on national TV on CBS. I wake up and I read the freaking back new back page of New York Daily News. Dr. J sold to the Sixers for one million dollars. One million dollars. That's all they got for Dr. J. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forgive it. And it, it, it kills me. That's why I never collect those Sixers teams. He's not a Sixer to me. They even take the Nets uniforms, for Christ's sake. Well, yeah, you I know. mean, that, that, that whole Nets time, the, that was the big fro, Dr. J. Then when he got right. to, to Philly, were, he was small fro, Dr. J. Yes. But he was still kind of a shell of himself. He was never again like he was with the Nets. That's, that's right. a completely different time. Which is crazy because he was still top ten player in the league yeah, I mean, when he was with Philly. But then, but you're right. It took it took Moses and that and your like you said your favorite team of all time when they went foe foe and foe <laughs> like Moses said to the championship. I mean that team. I mean they they killed everybody. It's that, too bad you don't like it anymore. I, I just I can't. I just like you said. It's the whole the whole after that after the two whatever it was the ninety nine lockout. I I it, it just it turned me off. And and there's too few teams. Lockouts don't don't turn me up. Well, so who it's just what team? happened afterward. Like you know, I mean, t- you know, teams like the Spurs have gone the way of the Dodo. You know, they built them the right way. They drafted Tim Duncan, built around him, and then this whole like like Rod said, this whole like WWE thing of building up your super team. It, it just it's it's not my bag, man. I hear you. Hey, speaking see, of super the, teams, the, the, the other thing too was about super teams. Is it? It was around the Barkley and the Ewing time, and it was how do you differentiate between Barkley, Ewing, and say uh, uh, Michael Jordan? It became how many titles you had, not how good you were. So Dr. J was Dr. J. He only got that one championship in the NBA. But then after that, it was how do we measure Barkley? How do we measure Ewing? Well, they can't be as good as Michael Jordan because they don't have all the championships. And it became completely about championships after that point. It wasn't about how good an individual player you were anymore. That's when the NBA went bad. Which is so misguided because that was the thing. Those guys, no matter what you think of how many rings they have, those guys were warriors because they had the, if I'm going to say it, we're on a podcast, they had the balls to want to go out and beat Michael with their own teams. And knock him on his ass. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and I, mean I, I, I moved to Chicago from Boston the year the Bulls drafted Jordan. So I, I grew up on Jordan, and he's the unquestioned GOAT. He's the Muhammad Ali of our era. You know of our generation, but yeah, I mean those guys all had they. You know, and you and you, just from watching the Last Dance, it was he wanted to be like Larry and Magic because those guys had and 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 that's where this generation, starting with LeBron, has forgot about that. They 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 built it up. Know. The self fulfilling the self fulfilling prophecy in their head is is well, if I get seven rings, I'm going to be better than Michael. No, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and Kobe, the same Good sort job. of way is. It became built about number of championships and your overall resume 
it, but but resume was or but championships were at the top of that resume. It wasn't about where did you finish in the career scoring lead or rebounding lead. None of that stuff mattered anymore. A number of all star appearances. People stopped talking about that when they started talking about well, you know what? How many championships do you have? Right. That's what we care about from now on. Hey, before we get off uh, super teams, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, supposedly. Jabronis. It's a roly poly right now. You know, I'm talking. To, I'm a roly poly. So, but he comes in. He's not. He's not in shape. He's late for for training camp. Uh, COVID related. He was at parties. I understand. And <laughs> working working out with his trainers. Yes. In Atlanta. Yes. And he wants out. <laughs> Who's taking James Harden? Where the Gold Club? Where, where's he going? Uh, he's staying in Houston. I mean, Houston's not going to be able to get true value for him. And no other team is going to want to upset the apple cart of what their roster is in the middle of a season to try to get him now, unless you're just kind of desperate and he's that one piece you need. But as we've seen, he changes everything that your offense is about and defense or lack thereof by adding a guy like that. So everything you're doing in training camp goes out the window as soon as you trade for him. Now, I I can't see it. I don't see a team that's going to um, push everything and, and give up what he's worth in order to add him and to upset everything that they're doing. Now, Pistons are playing the Wizards, so they got Russell Westbrook now in Washington playing with Bradley Beal. He don't want to be there, right? He wants to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, if if it's a team like that and you're just completely turning everything over, but you're not putting Westbrook and Harden together in in Washington either. That's not going to happen. So it's – I don't think Harden goes anywhere. Westbrook, the the Washington thing, can still – They'll figure something out there. But again, in the East, if you're not messing around with the Bucks or Boston or Miami, then you're not really competing either. So what's the point? If you're not one of the four or five teams that are, are really going to compete in the East, you're just playing for second place. How many uh, – give me the Pistons uh, record. What do you think? Here's, here it is, right before regular 72, season. 72 games, I say they go 27-45. That low, huh? Yeah, I think they're going to have just a lot of trouble. And I'm going in the lower. first part of the season. Does even, that cost even the first part of the season? Does that cost Dwayne Casey his job? No, not at all. If you're Tom Gorris, are you scratching out a seven million dollar check per year for him? No, I think the the development piece and the culture they're trying to build. Uh, Casey will stay around for that stuff. Well, this is it's almost like a mulligan year because if there's going to be no fans again, you might as well suck right and win the lottery. And then get fans yeah. back next season on a regular eighty-two game season. They That's never win the lottery. Brilliant. They're always going to pick seventh. Well, you don't yeah. know that by now. Call you David Stern. <laughs> you can't win if you don't play, Maz. You got to play. I know. I know, man. Hey, I, I I just wish they would be better. And I, do you think fans are going to be in any of these games out of these seventy-two games? No. No. Uh, now, I mean, if it is, it's going to be some small fraction, like a, a 50 fans or 100 fans or, that's or it, huh? something small like that. that because it, it, like friends and family, just like they did for the bubble, eventually they may just start letting small numbers in. But it's not going to be where we got thousands and thousands of fans because the vaccine isn't going to be around just no, yet. Normalcy will not be until after the All-Star break in baseball. So you're talking mid-July before people can fully start yeah. going to games. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. At the yeah. earliest. That sucks, man. I was looking forward to watching some basketball, you know, sitting there, taking my daughters to the game. They love it. You know, it sucks, man. Next year. And, and they'll be better. FSD, save your parking money, save your concession no, money. You that's right it. There. Basketball's my yeah. one game that I like going to see in person. That's that's my game you're, and baseball. You're waffling. Basketball. The other day you were bitching about how much you spend when you go to the games. It don't matter. I enjoy it. There you go. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. My well, daughter. Listen, you can. 
Send those checks to me. That's whatever, right. Whatever you, whatever I, I'm sending him like one for saying I did a good job. <laughs> hey, Rod Beer joins us, Detroit News. We're going to switch over to the Lions because we had Terry Foster on. And I don't know if you read Terry's blog today. Did you get a chance to read Terry's not blog? Fine. Okay. No, not you got to read what's it. What's he angry about? He's, he's angry. About? He's angry because he thinks the Lions are a sideshow. They hired Chris Spielman. True. Uh, he thinks that was it's not going to be anything. Window he's, dressing. He said he's he's like a glorified paid intern. He said Barry Sanders is coming in. He's like the guy, the old guy that would welcome you to the casino, <laughs> and uh, you know show you around. I mean, he he he's killing me. Is that what do you think of the hires? I think it's it's PR as much as anything else. And you at least want to have some people who understand your background, your history, <laughs> to have some input in what goes on. Now, assistant to the traveling secretary or the <laughs> owner or whatever, what that actually means uh, is it, something different. But at least he has a voice in the room and they can listen to it or they can just completely brush it to the side. I credit them for at least listening and, and, and saying we need more voices in the room than what we have. Rod Wood is not a football guy, no. per se. So you can bring in some guys who, who maybe have some connections, who maybe have a sense of what this should look like. But then what do you do after that? Who is that GM? That's the one I want to see. I like the I like this move. I, I want Chris Spielman on my team. I want Herman Moore coaching my wide receivers. I want Barry Sanders at least there. I want Calvin Johnson to come back and be part of the Lions. I want the Lions to pay him what they owe him, and they never should have but, took away from him. But they should do like the alumni. You're right, but they don't need to be part of the the day to day operations. Does. Like he hasn't admitted he can't. He's he not ready not to a be a G- GM. He said, I'm not a GM yet, but he could for sure know. I mean, that's great that they can all watch film then become the friggin' linebackers he's coach. Gonna, he's going to help everyone. He's going to help the scouts. You don't think he knows the college game? Fair. That's a fair point. He's going to be he's going to be the football president of operations. That's what he's going to be the president of football operations eventually. But that, Terry, that's, was, that's my pick for Chris Spielman. Terry's spot on that Barry brings nothing to well, yeah, the table. But I, I understand but, that. You know, I mean, you got but you got other. There's a laundry list of guys. You just mentioned Herman, Robert yeah. Porsche. There's a bunch of guys yeah. who could bring something to this organization that know the game. They need to. All these smart organizations do stuff with their alumni. Yeah. Where where the hell are these guys that should be helping but, this team out? Isn't this such a Detroit thing, though? The Pistons fans want Chauncey Billups to yeah. come back and be the GM. Uh, they wanted Iserman to come back. Iserman's a different case because he True. was groomed to be a GM. Right. Uh, the Tigers wanted Tram and Gibby and anybody else from that 84 yep. team that they can have come back in any capacity at all. It's a good point. So it, it's, such a, it's a Detroit thing, no matter what sport it is. That I mean, why not get Bobby Abear and, and Anthony <laughs> Carter? To hey, the, Scott Mitchell. They, Don't get me at, going at on the USFL. I love my USFL. So but but do, you, do you see my point, though, Rod, is like give the people what they want and have these guys here every week and do stuff pregame. Like, you know, don't just have specific they games. They do stuff but, at pregame. Okay, but they but it needs to be more open. Herman like, walks you know, around. Great. You got but that, should, but that, should be, that should be branded. Those guys should be at the Elwood or wherever the hell before the game doing whatever, marketing the team, stumping yeah. for the team, not you. in the building where you have to pay 150 a ticket to get in the friggin' door. I hear you. How hey, do you feel about prices? Hey, Magic Johnson today. He had a tweet. He had a tweet. Did you see that? I did not. What did Magic do? Magic Johnson said the Lions should hire no, Lewis Riddick as their general manager. Lou Riddick. Hot takes from Irvin. Hey. 
Come on, man. Stay in, stay in your lane, Magic. There it is. I mean, what do you know about football, Magic? And, and telling people, what, when was the last Lions game? Why do you care about the Lions so much now that you want the best for them? <sighs> okay. He's bored. Okay. He's bored. He's with, just got his money and you know cooking. What I, you know what I wrote him? I'm like, Magic, why don't you come here and buy this team off the forts? You got the money. Exactly. If, if you want to do something, if you, you there you go. The, the Dodgers, yeah. take some of that money, bring it back home. Amen, man. Well, he had to give that up, didn't he, to go back no, to? No, he's still on. He's still got a piece oh, yeah? of Dodgers. Hell yeah! He was on the field for that uh, COVID celebration. All oh, right, <laughs> back in great, great. Hey, Rod, thanks for coming on, man. Have Good a, to see you, Rod. We don't talk to you. Have a happy Festivus and a happy uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hey, well, happy Hanukkahs to you, too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Rod Beard will read you, of course, on the Detroit News. Uh, that was fun, man. These two flew by. That was fun. Lions and Titans this week. Oh, my. These are the other good games. Philly and Arizona. I think Philly is a comer right now. Kansas City, New Orleans is going to be a hell of a game. Seattle and Washington. Cleveland and the Giants on Sunday night football. Uh, and tonight you got the Chargers and the Raiders. You know if the playoffs started Right now, Tom Brady would be at Seattle. Yeah. The wild card game. That would be nice. That would be nice. That would be fun. Thanks to Kelsey and David B. Behind the glass, as always. Stevie Mack helping us put the show together. Rod Beard, Terry Foster, our guests today on The Wrap. Brendan Sennett, Yo. Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay healthy. See you next Tuesday. Peace.